Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, intensify is a great word. Are the talks set to intensify? Is there anything actually to intensify? Negotiations to restore devolution here in this part of the world will actually continue uh, later on in what is being billed as the intensified corner angle or whatever of these talks. Let me speak to Maliki O'Doherty about this. Maliki, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good uh, morning, Frank. Maliki, I suppose there's been a... How intense are you feeling today? Yes. <laughs> in, 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 intense, I think we should all intensify ourselves a little bit and you know, up, up, our, up our game generally. But the really serious, <laughs> the really serious side of this is the reminder at the weekend of the dissident activity, a police officer being targeted while uh, doing what anyone might be doing on a day off, having some downtime, relaxing, going out for for a game of sport and being targeted. That's a reminder why these talks are actually so important, isn't it? Well, I'm not entirely convinced that there's a linkage between the political vacuum and the activity of the dissidents. I think the dissidents uh, reorganised themselves pretty much in 2012. They have been trying uh, routinely to, to pull off a big one. They've been faced with the embarrassment of the murder of Lyra McKee, and uh, the, I think they probably want to make, demonstrate that they're still in action, that they haven't been knocked back by that. And the operation uh, at the weekend to, to kill a police officer was a fairly daring one, you know, to, to go inside, uh, you know, a golf club in East Belfast. So that's, that's a huge worry, and, uh, and one would hope that, uh, that the guys here up to that stuff would be caught and, and, and uh, dealt with. Um, whether it's strictly, with, I just don't. I just don't know that they sit down and think that um, uh, the uh, the the vacuum at Stormont is is part of their calculation. I've spoken to some of the what you call the political friends of the dissidents, people who uh, uh, you know, well, Seru, the organisation which 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 uh, supports them and even struts in military-style uniform in, in endorsement of them and, and maybe isn't all that distinguishable from them. And they're more interested in Brexit. They do speak a lot about Brexit. They, they quote Pierce's line that England's difficulty is Ireland's opportunity. And it may well be that they're looking at the, uh, the countdown towards October and the, and the crash out from the European Union, and they're thinking that this is a good time to to remind everybody that Northern Ireland is unstable and that, um, uh, and that, you know, that, that, that 
any kind of momentum to build the trouble has got structures in place and, and operators in place who can, who can lead that, who can feed into it in the way that they did in, in the late 60s. I, so, so I would worry about them and, I, and you know, you just uh, worry about friends in the PSNI and uh, the families of friends in the PSNI and knowing the anxiety that uh, they must be facing and knowing that they're back to having to look under their cars and uh, be, you know, certainly the uh, wary of going home and, and exposing themselves to their families. So I have, I have friends like that in my mind today and I'm sure a lot of people around Northern Ireland have friends like that their mind today and and wishing them well and uh, and and hoping that they'll uh, hoping that they'll be safe and that this threat will pass and be dealt with and we we tend to think that PSNI officers aren't doing from a security perspective personal security perspective what members of the RUC had to do we we imagine that being a police officer now in most of northern ireland is a much 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 easier right and and it is easier than being in the, in the RUC but we 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 were reminded on saturday that if you're not safe at Shandon Park golf club where, where are you safe and then, and also the difference between the PSNI and the RUC is, frankly, that there are more people from Catholic communities in the PSNI, and many of them feel that they can't go home, you know, and uh, you know, and uh, that's that's a, a burden on them, and that, that has been a burden with them uh, for some years because there's never been a time uh, since the Good Friday Agreement that there wasn't some level of dissident threat. It, you know, it has always been there. Uh, it's vacillated. Uh, it's never been on the scale of the threat from the provisionals, who were uh, probably the uh, certainly the greatest curse we've we've had in this country. But um, but certainly, it's always been there, and uh, uh, and and it, 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 and it doesn't just affect the, the 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 officers themselves. It affects mothers and fathers brothers and sisters. But I mean, I worked for a time with the RUC as well. I was involved in uh, a training program within the RUC in the in the late 90s. And so got to know quite a lot of them, you know, and the kind of life that they lived under threat was, it wasn't just the simple thing of having to check under your car. It was if you were in Holly and Donegal and you got to meet somebody in a hotel bar and you're having a chat, you couldn't tell them what your job was. You know, you would pretend that you were a civil servant or something. Uh, you know, that you couldn't uh, have your shirts hung out on the clothesline. Uh, you know, the, the little things that impact on life and restrain the normal thing. You know, that, uh, I, you know, I, I mean, I knew one guy, he, he used to go, I have to be a wee bit careful here, I suppose, but he used to go jet skiing uh, in Rosnaula, you know, with, with crowds of guys in Donegal who never knew that he was a peeler, you know, uh, because he couldn't tell him. And, and he felt bad about that, but felt that that was an essential part of his own uh, personal security. Mm. Well, what did you train them in, But what did you what did you train them in? What did you train them in? So I'm not talking about this before. It was it was what was called the community awareness program. I've written this is this I've written a, a whole chapter in this in my forthcoming book, which will be out in August. But um, uh, the community awareness program uh, it was it started off uh, with me in '96 uh, when an organisation called Mediation Network asked me to go into the training centre at Garnerville uh, in near Hollywood uh, to speak to groups of trainees, uh, you know, and, you know, 
basically a discussion of the local polit- uh, po- the politics of the time and uh, and uh, the peace process and and our own personal experience of policing and some of my own personal experience of policing have been quite bad you know I've been you know I'd, I'd been uh, abused in some way or very small well certainly you know all of us as young fellows have been picked up and and we've met cops who, who that would rather not meet again, you know. So, so I talked about that to them, and it developed to me being asked to go into Maydown. Well, first of all, Gough Barracks and Armagh, and then later Maydown. These were the centres for training of what they were called the probationer trainees. And these were uh, cops who had been uh, in the job for about 18 months and then were brought back for top-up training. So I would go essentially every... A second Tuesday, I think it was, up to either Gough Barracks for a time until they closed that because of the security, close to training there, and up to Maydown and Derry. Uh, and I, I would sit with um, uh, a class in a in a in a kind of an armoured room, you know, like the you know long room, but but with with bulkproof windows and doors, and uh, and just talk about policing, about the uh, the political context about the threat, about uh, um, the need for uh, human rights-based policing and open-minded and, uh, you know, and moving away from any uh, sense of the police being representative of one community against another, you know. And I mean, I learned, I probably learned more from them than they learned from me, but still I did that for about uh, four years. And I calculate, because these were the probationer trainees over eight, of an 18-month period, I would say that I, in that time, met practically every RUC officer, uh, male and female, who had been recruited between about 1995 and uh, 1998. I think they, all of them uh, had to spend some time with me. Well, the pity of it was that I never got to see them more than once. You know, I would have a session with them and then the next week would be another session. So you, the, the thing didn't develop. I developed in the knowledge that I was gaining from them, but I don't know if they developed very much. But what I was able to see within that period was that this kind of reform that we trace back to Patton, you know, and the human rights awareness uh, in policing, uh, you know, that was that was happening before Patton. It was very, it was very, very clear to me that attitudes were changing in the RUC even between uh, 1996 and 1999. You know, the, uh, around the 1996-97 period, you would have met more of the the chip on the shoulder diehard types, to put it like that. And you would meet rather fewer of them later on. You know, there's much more open-mindedness. Yeah. Okay. Also often, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Also it. often met the, sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. Finish, go ahead, finish the sentence, go ahead. Just also met the, you know, well, you could see the, you could see the tensions between Catholic and Protestant, but you could also see the tensions between men and women, you know, within the RUC, and you could see how they were attempting to resolve those. Yeah, it's an interesting insight in, into the, the RUC just by, by chance in, in relation to what we're talking about the, this morning. Uh, Maliki, p- please uh, do stay with me because, you know, primarily I, I want to talk about the, the intense uh, the intensifying of, of, the, of these talks, whether or not it, it is going to happen and if it, if it, can, if it can happen. Uh, Alex Cain also has an opinion on, on this, of course, at our invitation. Uh, Alex, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, Alex, we're talking about, you know, the, the talks need to intensify, according to uh, Leo Varadkar and Theresa May. Do, do you see signs of them intensifying? And I suggested to Maliki that 
these talks probably are made even more crucial by the news at the weekend that the dissidents are prepared to go into a golf club to target an off-duty police officer. He doesn't necessarily see any real link between the importance or the success of the talks and what the, what the dissidents uh, do. How, how do you read it? Well, I, I have to say I agree with, with, with Maliki in that. I don't think there is a, 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 a major connection there, simply because, Frank, the dissidents do not recognise any form. They, they don't want a power-sharing arrangement. They don't want... They think, I mean, they would argue... Dissidents, dis, the, the present dissidents would argue that Sinn Féin are the real dissidents. They are the one that dissented from the tradition of, of you know, not wanting um, a, a partitioned Ireland, not wanting to work with unionists, not wanting to keep the British here. So even even if there's an agreement tomorrow, there's absolutely no reason to believe whatsoever that dissidents would go, oh, that's it, then fine, we'll, we'll just leave it. The, theirs is an entirely separate agenda. But in terms of when, when you hear the... the the talk about, you know, we need to intensify the talks. It's partly because, Frank, we're now into, this is, what, over two and a half years. Uh, it's been a year and a half since the last talks collapsed. There, there's a growing sign in some opinion polls, you'll know, Bill, from Lucid Talks, they've been picking up evidence that growing numbers of the public, people who have been very faithful almost to the idea of the institutions over the past few years, even they're beginning to get tired of it. So maybe, maybe it would be better if we just closed it down. And I think there's just that sense that if they don't do something at some point, it will just implode. And that, that's the real worry here, Frank. Because things, when things collapse, there isn't usually a long, prepared, choreographed, you know, collapse. It's usually just you click of the fingers and suddenly everything has fallen apart. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I think there's a very real sense now that this is this is a very, very, very long period, you know, without, without government, without the executive, without even parties, the civility of talking to each other with huge mountain of decisions unmade, health, education, without kids not being able to get the schools of their choice. There's no minister to lobby. There's no, there's no, no MLAs to lobby because they're, they're not meeting. You can't lobby people who aren't actually even meeting anywhere or going to committees. So all of that's in play and there's this sense that they really need to crack this nut, but said against that, 
I'm not sure if they do. They're still tied to this thing that nothing is agreed until everything is agreed. So yeah, you go, oh, you agree with me? Yes, 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 yes. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. And suddenly out of nowhere, all the optimism is dashed because of one issue which is and will continue to remain irresolvable. You see, in the wake of the murder of Lara McKee, Father Martin O'Neill, Father Martin McGill uh, spoke about the issue with regards to the politicians getting back and why they couldn't come together until this horrendous murder had, had happened. And there was a suggestion that within all of that commentary that the, the, the vacuum leaves open an, op- an option for dissidents to argue that they have some sort of excuse to do what they to do what they do but but both of you are now saying that you know the the, the politicians if they do intensify the talks and they do make progress at Stormont that it's really going to be completely irrelevant to the people who deal in hate and who deal in death and killing of, of, of neighbour. So they, they run parallel to each other, that one doesn't impact on the other. Well, I, I think what is worth saying is that if, if a deal was done, and to be, I think Malachi and I have had this discussion before with you, can't just be a deal. It, it is possible, Frank, to do a deal tomorrow, but basically you don't make any decisions. You, know, you, just, you kick everything down the road, you, you, you give the illusion that something is happening here, but say, oh look, everybody's back, nothing's still being done. So I think... We're looking for a deal that actually makes sense this time, a deal which is stable, isn't going to collapse the next, whether it's Irish language or road signs or whatever, it's not going to collapse because of any issue like that. But said against that, what you, you cannot stop. In essence, you cannot stop dissidents in, in, in one, because it's a belief that they, they want a united Ireland. They, they, they don't want any of this. They believe all of this is, is, a, is a sort of selling out of everything they've ever believed. All you can do, I suspect, is if you create what looks like normal circumstances and you begin to see evidence at the centre that Republican unions are working together, that the health service is improving, the education systems get them, infrastructures are improving, it takes away the, the possible audience who would be attracted by dissidents because what dissidents are able to say quietly, you know, sotto voce in the background, the people say, look, it's not working. It's not working. You can't trust the DP. You can't trust the British. We've been sold out. We've been, we've been played for a fiddle on all of this. If, on the other hand, ordinary people go, well, actually, no, this seems it let's... I think the, the, the game now is to try and do as much as they can to know, and they do a ma- massive amount of intelligence work. Right? We, we hear about, the, about the, 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 the bad stories, we hear about some of the, the near misses, but every single day, the, the security forces, intelligence service are stopping, not just in Nola, but across the United States. They are stopping, they are, they are undermining, they are turning, they, all of that's happening. And I think that's what it is. They, they want to be able to, to keep on doing that, but basically at a political level, and Maliki probably done this part of it, maybe the history, and I think he would have done this telling these people, it's about giving the semblance of normality, because where people see what's normal and what's peaceful and what seems to be working, they're less inclined to give any sort of even tacit support to, to dissidents who say, but we're fighting for your freedom. We're fighting to get... If this was a United Ireland, your kids' problems, education problems would be sorted. If this was a United Ireland, there wouldn't be these long waiting lists of, of people getting into hospitals. If this was a United Ireland, this issue would have been resolved. I think it's... When you say two tracks, there are two tracks, but... I'm never sure they will ever meet at, at, any, at any specific point, Frank. Okay. Uh, Alex and Maliki, please uh, do stay with us, both of you, if you, you can. Because I want to speak to Mark Lindsay from the Police Federation. Now, Mark, good morning. Good morning. Uh, how worried and concerned are your officers this morning at home or at work? 
Well, obviously, they uh, don't want to see any of their colleagues uh, or any other member of society put into this position. Um, I think uh, most of our uh, officers have uh, kept their personal security uh, under constant review. So I think all this will do is to, is to heighten their awareness of, of the need to keep that up. So the targeting of an officer at Chandon Park Golf Club on Saturday, how surprising was that to the Police Federation and to the employers within the police force? Well, as has been said by your, 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 your speaker there, I think, you know, there's, there's daily, there's attacks being thwarted. Um, you know, these people only need to get one or two attacks uh, through in a year to actually see themselves as having some success. So it's not, it's not really a, a surprise to any of us. We see uh, them con- constantly uh, targeting us. They see us constantly trying to murder us and attack us on an almost daily basis. Um, and while a lot of that great work that goes on in the background, uh, stuff never makes the media, we know that actually the attacks are being stopped uh, very, very frequently. So how do they how do they do this? How do they choose that officer? Do they do they watch uh, the officer constantly to see uh, when golf is played or to see uh, when a visit to the pub is 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 regularly done or when someone goes to churches? Uh, are, are they being tailed uh, the the officers that they they decide that they're going to kill? Well, they, they obviously decide themselves uh, of, of, of what the rationale or the reasoning is, and, and people can be uh, picked out for, for all sorts of reasons. So uh, I think it would be unfair to speculate on this on this uh, this occasion, what, what it actually caused the, that officer to be targeted. But, you know, as I say, we, we, we constantly have to keep our, our personal lives under review, what we do, who we socialise with, where we go, the patterns we set. You know, uh, I, I said earlier there about the... The, even hang, in the old days, hanging your shirts in the line was a no-no. You know, having to tell, uh, you know, maybe untruths or lies to family and friends about what you what you work at. All these things all part all pay a part and parcel uh, of what we do as police officers on a daily basis. A tough job for Simon Burns. Is is he fully aware of what he's letting himself into? The new chief constable. Well, I'd imagine unless he's been living on another planet, he, he, he knows you know that, that, that there is a different policing dynamic uh, in Northern Ireland. Uh, you know, we have worked under the severe terrorist threat now for the past uh, ten years since 2009, which means that an attack is highly likely. Um, I have to say that 25 years on from the first ceasefire and you know 20 years on from the the Good Friday Agreement, being a police officer in Northern Ireland still brings in its own inherent threats, and I think that's and that's appalling that in 2019 we're still looking at these sort of attacks. And would you expect those who were responsible for Saturday's attack to be caught, considering the the open way in which they targeted the officer at the golf club? Yeah, well, I th- I'm sure of have every confidence in the investigative capacity and, and the people who are in charge of this investigation. Um, I think certainly there will be opportunities uh, from the recovered device. There will be opportunities from intelligence. But, uh, you know, really that is in the hands of the investigators. I think there is an onus on the entire community uh, not to give these people any refuge or solace. Uh, and to and to turn them in because they speak for absolutely nobody. I think we heard all the all the warm words uh, following the, uh, the the recent murder of Lyra McKee um, and how society did reject them. And the very weekend that that happened, they basically stuck two fingers up to any, everybody and paraded uh, around Dublin and around the Craig in, in, in full paramilitary uniform. So. They're not going to take any cognizance of any condemnation I make, but the communities are the people who can turn them uh, and who can who can turn them in. Okay, Mark Lindsay, chair of the Police Federation. Uh, thank you. As I say, Malachi O'Doherty and Alex Kane uh, with us uh, on the line. Just with regards to the the talks that are due to intensify. This is the word that's being uh, used. I want to get final comments from the the guys in just a moment. Win the holiday of a lifetime to.
Good morning. This is the U105 phone-in. We're talking about these talks intensifying or not. Uh, final comments from Maliki and Alex. Uh, Maliki, what are you expecting? Very little before Brexit's resolved, really, because I just think it would be difficult for them. But I, I do think that both the DUP and Sinn Féin have a very strong incentive to get this back up if they can. The, the, the Sinn Féin, neither of them wants to face into a, uh, an assembly election. And that is the kind of threat that it's been rumoured that uh, Karen Bradley can bring to bear on them. Um, so so maybe that would do it. But I mean, I think uh, Sinn Féin don't want to uh, hit a vote lower than they achieved at a peak in March 17. So they would like to preserve that if they could. And Arlene Foster faced into the coming embarrassment of the RHI report, you know, would be in a stronger position if she had the thing back up and running and therefore there would be less of a, a murmuring about the, the need to replace her if she was seen to, be, to, have, uh, to have achieved that and got past that, uh, that problem. You don't have significant hope of something being resolved? No, because I think that the, it makes no sense unless you can basically make a new deal that is that is more secure than this. I mean, we've, I, I think I pointed something like 16 occasions from 1998 when uh, the Assembly was faced a threat of being pulled down in protest and I mean you can't go on like that there has to be a clear understanding in some way that in the future uh, nobody just walks out and, and pulls, a, pulls the whole thing down or that if they do walk out in some way it continues without them Okay Malachi thank you and uh, finally Alex I, I presume we'll not hear anything more positive from yourself no, I, I think Maliki is basically right there, Frank, because this is this is the difficulty. As I said to you earlier, that a deal could be done tomorrow, there's no, there's, you know, very easily, but it wouldn't be a real deal. It wouldn't stand the first test of, of you know, the first sort of action or problem that, that, that came up against it. It would probably fall. The only thing that I mean, Maliki is right about the, the DUP and Sintrain probably not wanting an election, and that could be interesting because the. UUP and the SDLP don't want an election either because no one knows Alliance. You and I talked about this last week. Alliance, terrific performance in two elections over three weeks. Best they've ever got up, just touching 20% ahead of the, the, the two smaller parties, just behind the two big parties. An assembly election now, we would see whether there was a chance for the Alliance to make the breakthrough. And none of the other four parties want to see Alliance make that breakthrough because it comes at their expense. I think the other thing is... Um, and Maliki's right with the RHI report coming down the line and so on. If it is bad for the DUP, and I suspect it, it may be not individually for Ireland, but certainly for the DUP and this bad and uh, just the overall picture of government, I think they would rather have it up and running. But So, set against that, the only thing I would say, Frank, uh, on that, I'm just a little bit worried that they will do this sort of mass rush. They'll rush to get everything across the line because what we need to know is how bad the government was, how bad the, a picture of government is going to be painted by the RHI report, how the departments worked, how the civil servants worked, how the spads worked, how the ministries worked. Because if that is devastating, and looking at some of the evidence it has the potential to be, if the government's up and running and you get this terrible report coming out, it'll be the sense of, oh, let's leave it. If the government isn't up and running and the report comes out, it might actually focus minds and say, well, actually, let's, let, it's not worth doing a deal just for the sake of a deal. Let's find out where the real flaws are. So somewhere between that, I, I just don't want them doing a deal, Frank, just to say, we've avoided an election and give the pretense. I think it, they really, as Malachi says, they really need to get something that's going to withstand the first 
action or the kind of counteraction with a problem. And at the minute, there's no evidence of that happening. Okay, uh, Alex Cain, Malachi O'Doherty, busy morning. Thank you uh, very much. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Much indeed.